Welcome to Brave Talks, a collection of conversations around the business of creativity. I'm Anthony, the digital producer for Brave, and joining me is Gabe, the founder of Brave, and Stefan Sherman, the senior director of strategy and analytics at Ironman. How are you guys doing? I'm good, man. I'm excited to have Stefan on the show today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm really flattered uh, you guys asked me. So Steph, I don't know you as well as Gabe does, and obviously our listeners don't know you as well as Gabe does. So get us all up to speed. Who are you? What's your story? Kind of help us know where you got where you are today. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, for my story, you know, I, in listening to some of the episodes that you guys have had, uh, which have all been really enjoyable, I'll probably back up for for relevancy and just say, you know, f- from a college standpoint, um, did my undergrad and grad school at FSU. And while I was there, um, I was business focused, um, ended up doing a, a master's in actually sports business, um, athletic administration. And while I was there, I was really finding, especially going into grad school, that I was having a lot of trouble uh, articulating um, presentations, right? So mm-hmm. I had an idea in my head, I couldn't get it down. And so that's when I started to really get the design knack. And I, I ended up learning from some of the masters of fine arts students at Florida State, where they, they have a great program there. Um, how to do design work. And so that was um, that really kind of got me going down the path of one of the things that one of your previous guests said, um, which was Jordan uh, Rayner, talked about, you know, advice for people is like experience as much as you can mm. early, right? Yeah. So I started to learn that in college, right? I, I was learning as much as I could, getting as much experience as I could, as many internships as I could, and as many experiences from the people around me as I could. And, um, you know, that kind of put me on this, this journey towards wanting to make sure I had something creative going on and also learning a ton of what I didn't want to do. <laughs> uh, and so I learned early that, um, you know, from internships in undergrad and, and working on campus and stuff like that, that things that were really important to me were a creative piece, but also, you know, working in teams and working towards something that people cared about was really important. Um, and I say all that because it kind of shaped, you know, what I went and chased. Um, I, you know, I had been looking at a traditional MBA, ended up doing the sports degree because I, I found that working in sports and the internships I did in sports, similar to playing sports, you're accomplishing things as a team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I found was also, you know, from some of the, the internships that I'd, I'd heard about uh, but didn't get, <laughs> were that the agency space had that too. Mm-hmm. You're working as a team yeah. and you're, you know, you're, you're achieving as a team or you're losing as a team, hopefully a lot less. <laughs> so Preach. anyway, um, th- that is all to say, before I really hit my professional life, there was a lot of, you know, learning from other professionals um, and, and taking experiences that just helped me really weed out what I hated and at least helped me learn about the things that I thought I might enjoy. So I ended up out of grad school, um, had a couple of different opportunities I was looking at. Um, it was either going to go maybe the college athletics route um, or something outside of college athletics that was a little bit more interesting and new. And I took a chance on a job with this little company called the World Triathlon Corporation, which turned out to be the the legal name for Ironman, Mm. Ironman triathlons, which um, a lot of listeners probably know or have heard of. And um, I've been there for, you know, coming up on 11 years. Wow. So my journey through the company is really interesting. And I think I'm a millennial. I'm in my early 30s. Um, I would consider my early 30s. (laughs) Um, And and I think, you know, for me, a lot of my friends or people of our, our generation move around a lot. When I tell people I've been with a company for 10 years, they're usually pretty surprised. Yeah. For me, Iron Man was changing so much. When I started there, there was maybe 20 people working in a little office, and now we're almost 600 employees globally wow. um, across basically every continent except Antarctica, though I'm sure we'll be there at some point. <laughs> 
that's the real Iron Man is, is <laughs> yeah. going cross country. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The the Iron Iditarod. Yeah, I mean, and, and for me, there was a lot of different things um, that I liked about the company at first. It was small, so I, I got that, you know, that, that feel of a team, right? Yeah. We all were kind of in, in it together. Um, and it was also really interesting. It was, a, it was a, a brand already that people cared about. I mean, the brand's been around for 40 years, over 40 years. Wow. And so it, it had a lot of equity in life and it was something really interesting. Um, and there was a lot of opportunity. Like I said, we were growing really fast from the get-go. So I started in a logistics role, but very quickly with the design portfolio I had built in grad school, I was able to move over pretty quickly into the marketing team. Um, and I was able to report to somebody there who was a really good creative. Her name was Jen Thornton, is Jen Thornton. Um, and Jen, you know, Jen has left Ironman and, and went on to agencies. Um, I think she's at PPK now currently, and she's an ED there. Um, she was at Spark after Ironman nice. and, and before PPK. And so really strong creative that I got to work and learn around um, in a marketing role for a while. Um, and then I moved out of that role into CRM, traditional marketing communications, which still had some design elements. And then I sort of took those pieces of the business and, and brought them over to where I sit now and have sat for the past half decade, which is in corporate partnerships. Um, in a role in business intelligence, understanding marketing, understanding how the business works, understanding how teams work, um, and taking all that and being able to, to use that to build really strong partnerships and create white space programs to, to find synergies with brands from Gatorade to McUltra has been a partner of ours in the past, Amazon. Um, so it's been a really, really interesting ride. And we've also gone through a lot of iterations. I mentioned the growth that we've had. When I started, we had 20 employees. We probably had about as many events. And now we have about 250 events annually over 10 years. So again, that's massive growth. And the company changed. So, you know, a lot of times people leave a role because they don't like their manager or they don't like their job, something like that, pay. But a lot of times I think it's that you stop learning. Mm. You know, if you're somebody who's really, you have an appetite to be challenged and you want to be engaged. And that wasn't happening at Ironman. Every time it seemed like it was about to happen, we'd hire new C-suite executives, or we would grow our team and we'd bring in a new marketer. Or uh, more recently, we, we brought somebody over a couple of years ago from AEG, um, Matt T. Van Veen, who's the current CRO at Ironman. And he brought with him a load of intelligence and strategy and approach um, to not just how we do the partnerships, uh, jobs and the, and, and the roles that sit on the team, but also just his approach to internal processes, which has been really interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's a long way of saying I've had a, a long ride at one company that's been really interesting and is still changing today. Um, and I sit today in a seat uh, at business intelligence, which is at Ironman, it's strategy, analytics, and, and processes and administration. So um, it's, it's, it's got a lot of creative pieces to it, but I'm not sitting in a design seat anymore, though I got to wear that hat you know, a while ago. I can kind of talk through business intelligence too, because I think that's probably a good thing to talk about. Yeah, I think... Knowing what I know of you, what I've heard of you, I think you do bring that really interesting dynamic into this conversation of having some design in your background and having experience in that, but now being in a business intelligence. And I was talking to Gabe, you know, just before this, and I said, I think you would have an interesting voice and insight uh, into what does business intelligence mean for the creative, for the freelance, for an agency owner, um, and maybe not just a bit. I definitely don't want to talk about business intelligence. And so we can, I want to unpack that a little bit, but then um, what exactly does that mean for a freelance or an agency owner? Uh, Cause that's kind of a lofty, big idea. Can maybe, I, I think maybe years ago when I first came across it, it feels intimidating. Like, what does that even mean? And you yeah, know, how do you do that? Think, especially, you know, when you're at the freelance level, you know, what you call business intelligence is 
Googling before the pitch. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought or, you were going to say hashtags on Instagram or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think, um, and, and we actually, you know, we spoke a little bit on this topic with, um, you know, one of our previous guests, Mark Battaglia, just about the importance of insights and yeah. what I loved that he did for us. And, uh, you know, I want to do that again with Stefan is, um, you know, bringing it down to, um, you know, a, a practical next step, especially for someone who's, you know, uh, a solopreneur or, or a small boutique agency where they may not have the access to that kind of resource, but, um, you know, but they can- It doesn't mean start- it's not tangible. Absolutely. And it yeah. doesn't mean that there isn't a starting point. There isn't a yeah. clear next step. Um, and so the other thing I love too about, Stefan, about your story is, again, as a millennial, like you said, it's so cool that you have really gotten the best of both worlds, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is you've gotten to jump from, you know, platform to platform and, and summit to summit on um, really like downloading tons of invaluable career insight and, and, and you know, work context, working at a, a small company that's on the rise and now a larger company, um, working across different departments and understanding the way those, those departments work together to sort of, you know, uh, complete the, the project or the product. But also you've done it all in one place. You know, a lot of people build up that, that kind of resume, uh, you know, moving from company to company every two years, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I know a lot of people who have had incredible success and have just a disgustingly impressive, you know, sort of LinkedIn timeline, right, of, of where they've been. But I think it's really cool that you've been a part of pioneering that. And so I think there's, you know, maybe no better person in our network to talk about the importance of business intelligence, but seeing it not just from a pie in the sky aspirational, like, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Mr. Multimillion Dollar Budget, but, you know, coming from the 20-person startup to mm-hmm. now, and, and 10 years, man, I mean, that's like, that's Malcolm Gladwell's, you know, 10,000 hours <laughs> kind of thing. That's a long time. So that's, you got to have some expertise there that, that we, we want to unpack. Sure. So first of all, you're an expert. They say generally we can teach somebody, right? Yep. I would say I can teach people about BI, but once you really get into BI, you realize like, you know, there's probably very few true experts in it because it is so expansive. Yep. Um, but I think the level set, you know, BI really, first of all, spans industry, right? Spans company. It's 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 the same thing at a high level. And that's really data. Um, and that can be the warehousing of the data, the ingestion of the data, what you're doing with it. So, you know, data analysis and then actionable insights, right? So, you know, put more plainly, um, you need data input, you need to be able to analyze it, and then you need to actually do something with that analysis, which is really one of the, the more important things that I would say that, that we do, um, at least in my role at Ironman, is turning that into something actionable. Mm-hmm. How do we use that to sell more? How do we drive revenue with that? How do we become a lot more efficient internally? Because though we are a, a really big brand, we're the biggest endurance company, mass participation brand in the world, you know, we still have all the same bandwidth problems yeah. that anybody else has. Um, and, you know, and profitability is tied to that, right? We can't have a, a gajillion people working for us or, you know, we're upside down. So w- we have the same challenges. And BI, you know, it started as more of an IT role, right? So if you said BI, you know, a decade ago, that was really, it sat in an IT seat generally. Mm-hmm. And you really couldn't even go to school for it about a decade ago, mm-hmm. but you, you can now. Um, and so I didn't even know it existed. The role I'm in didn't exist. You know, Gabe, so to your point, I didn't intentionally set out to land in this seat, but those experiences of, you know, being able to have that combo of tenure and learning a new thing, I think gave me a unique opportunity that I worked really hard at. There's also right place, right time. um, That gave me a good blend of skill set and also the courage to try something in a new role because I had some tenure to fall back on and people trusted me taking those chances. Um, 
and and they you know they they lead you to a seat where you do have a lot to offer then because you've seen a lot of different things and that's really important because BI is just as much about process I think as it is about data and insights because process can choke you up. You get the best data in the world and you can have really great analysis, but if you can't get it to where it needs to go and you can't function, you can't get a deal out the door quickly, like you're kind of dead in the water. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I generally drill it down to those three main points, um, which like I said, is, is data, you know, process, actionable, actionable results. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I heard a quote recently um, on a podcast, you know, and, and the guy was saying essentially like, you know, true success um, isn't about doing more, but it's about doing more of what matters. And I thought, you know, that's sort of a maybe more high-level, eloquent way of kind of unpacking the importance of BI, you know, like you said, because, and I like that you you touched on process, which obviously, you know, with BraveU, that's kind of our, our bread and butter and our chief export here because we just so strongly believe that unlocking, you know, better process leads to unlocking better work for the creative who's going at it alone or in a small team, you know, putting out great work, um, but trying to sustain that work becomes sort of the the next level challenge is when you hit that imaginary ceiling of, you know, man, we're not scaling. Um, you know, our our lead flow is sort of stagnant for where we want to go. What do we do now? And I love, uh, you know, the importance that you're putting, and I hope that our listeners are, are really taking note, is the importance of data, you know, the importance of information, that input, um, but then also having the proper process for when you have uh, that data to do something about it. Like you said, quite literally, it's like, you know, I, I I myself have been victim to having spreadsheets like, you know, top secret spreadsheets of, uh, you know, a bunch of prospects, you know, contact information and all this information about their, their company and how much money they raised and, you know, what segment of the, the market they're in and all this stuff. And it's like, if you don't know how to, you know, how to reasonably distill that list into like the top targets that are your ideal client profiles and go after them and find their names and their emails, um, you know, in a, in a way that is natural to you. I mean, it's then that's just a big, heavy spreadsheet that will rest on you and, uh, and overwhelm you. And so um, I think that's kind of a, a, a cool angle to how the, again, the freelancer or the agency can translate that kind of big data into just, you know, everyday actionables that actually grow their little venture, you know, into something bigger. Yeah, I've been in a couple contexts uh, in my career and my time where, you're in a meeting, you're having a conversation, say there's, I don't know, half a dozen or a dozen or so people in the room and you're trying to make a decision. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but now I can look back and, and think what was uh, maybe a little more frustrating about those situations is that everybody was giving their opinion. Uh, I think this, I think this, I feel this, right? Yeah. The gift of um, business intelligence is that you take the data, you process it, and you start making intelligent decisions out of it. And now all of a sudden these meetings and the agency, the team, the company, whatever, or even just the, the solopreneur, like you were saying, um, you stop making uh, e- extremely pivotal decisions for your, for your career and your, your business off of like whim or yeah, opinion. emotion. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, I think this, or, or I speculate this, but now all of a sudden you have data to base your decisions off of. I think that's extremely important. Well, and I think there's a couple things to note there, right? You know, creatives... Certainly, there are a lot of unicorns out there, right? Again, going back to something Jordan talked about, the uh, you know master of none, but <laughs> but jack of all, yeah. you know, versus somebody who has vocational expertise in one thing, right? And I say all that because creatives, conventional wisdom are that they're left brain, right? Yep. And you think of data as right brain, and you generally are one or the other. And I think you can still distill it 
down to something even really basic for if you're a freelance designer, right? Like, okay, what are the couple of data points that I think about on a day-to-day? And if I think about designers, you're literally your hours are your your money, right? Uh-huh. So how am I spending my hours? Can I figure out a couple data points of how I'm doing that? And if I can somehow increase what I'm able to do in those hours, um, you know, whether that's, you know, better processes from a design, like truly design standpoint, you know, learning your programs better, um, getting tips from other designers, um, or if there's certain types of jobs that are paying out better and take me less time, that in itself is a data point. It sounds really basic, but you know, there's BI in everything that you do. So yep. it doesn't even necessarily have to be a spreadsheet as much as it's just these couple of inputs that you're, you know, to, to Anthony's point, you're making a decision off of rather than just kind of gut instincts. That's a fascinating thought you just had, the left-right brain. That uh, I, I love that you just made that comment because a creative could easily see BI not being art. It's static, it's sterile, it's numbers, it's calculating. Uh, they want to be in Photoshop or Illustrator or like <laughs> sketching or something, right? And so uh, maybe I'm curious from you, Gabe, like the you are the CEO, founder, owner of our agency. You obviously lean very heavily in the creative. You help us at de- design direction and all these things. But also you have a, I mean, a weird love <laughs> and knack for... Yeah. Uh, this sort of thing too, like you just said, you have secret spreadsheets or or whatever. <laughs> uh, what what is that? How do you how do you get your uh, like? How are you satiated or okay? Yeah, at being in that side of the pool, knowing that you are maybe first an artist. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's funny because I thought that my story um, was more of the norm for people, and that story, very you know, succinctly told, is that I got uh, into design really to solve problems. And the, the means to that was it just happened to be Photoshop, essentially. And, um, and I was solving business problems for people. You know, it was communication problems. They didn't know how to communicate certain aspects of their business or their product or their service, whatever the case was. And leveraging the power of design and uh, distillation, essentially, I would take complex concepts and, you know, make them simple and, and do that through visually aesthetic, or visually pleasing aesthetics and uh, and and you know at the time just whatever the the trend was right I mean there's a certain sort of intangible measurement of good these days it's like oh yeah that's good that's nice it's clean you know and and most laymen's can tell you that they maybe not they, they can't articulate it but so that's essentially why I got into design um, fast forward you know ten years later and it it wasn't a choice uh, like. The way I describe it is like I, I got onto a raft that was a what I thought a lazy river, <laughs> and it turned into a class, class five, five rapids, <laughs> rapid, you know. Um, and I do know, yes. yeah. And, and I, maybe I wasn't uh, an astute enough of a observer to notice because I didn't get off in time, and then I found myself here in this class five, you know, <laughs> AKA um, hiring people. Unfortunately, at, at times, you know, letting people go. Um, hiring and firing clients. I mean, that's one way to look at that too as well. You know, yeah. people don't even, like, you know, you haven't been in business long enough until you understand that you fire clients as well, just like you let go of people, you know, because, and the reason you do that oftentimes is because you've created um, process around, you know, who's an ideal client, who isn't. Um, you know, you you get through these seasons where you, you've dealt with projects that didn't go well. You get through projects that weren't profitable. You get through projects that, um, you know, really didn't capture the team's excitement or fulfillment. And so all these things, these are inputs. This is BI, right? <laughs> that you're, 
you're subconsciously measuring about your own venture. And if you're like me, out of necessity, you got to write it down because I am not an iron trap, you know? So I started writing a lot. I started, um, I mean, literally even just, even from sort of like a mental health practice, Mm. I I started writing out the things that were irking me, you know, because I would notice about myself and this was when I was single. So I had a little bit more time um, just by myself where I'm thinking, I am upset. Why? You know, it's 9 p.m. I can't stop thinking about work. I have to get this out. And so those musings and those those writings ended up becoming um, lists of, of like, you know, business challenges that I needed to solve. And so then I would translate that into another doc, a bigger doc. And I would say, all right, so here are the steps that I need to take. So I've got input and output measured. Mm. And, and so this is just, I'm giving you like a microcosm of the bigger right. um, metamorphosis of, you know, creative left brain into, oh my God, I own a company. How did this happen? I have employees. How did this happen? I have right. a lease to a big building. How does this, you know, all that stuff for me turns you into a right brain person. And the reason why I started this whole, you know, paragraph out with, my story isn't like everybody is that I've met a ton of people who were like looking at me like, why did you do like, why did you say yes to that route? I I just hired someone else, dude. And I'm still like the chief designer at my company. And so that intersection I missed. (laughs) 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 And so I I chose this route, but again, I, I love it. And I actually struggle now when there is a design task or a creative task that requires me deeply because I want to spend deep work on process creation. And, and to me, that's like, that gets me in the state of play. When I have to solve a problem again in Figma or Photoshop or wherever the case is, the first thought I have because I'm an owner is I'm like, someone else can do this better than me at this point. Like, I've, haven't I hired someone for this again? You know, why am I taking this away from someone who, you know, this is their, uh, their river rapid, you know, <laughs> they're, they're wrapped. So for me, I think the, the transition from left to right um, has been super gradual. And what I've tried to do now uh, through Brave View, honestly, is to sort of retell that story, but to truncate it and to make it an actionable set of tools and, and ready to use processes so that people can skip rungs on the ladder and take uh, what I took 10 years to do and do it in, in two, if possible. So you would say, you just said transition from left to right. I was wondering, and and interestingly, I, I would have... I'm maybe I would have guessed you would have answered differently that there's a way to do BI or there's a way to see BI that is left brain oriented. So would you guys, and really both of you, would you guys say that there is a way to like see it more creatively or is it something that, you know, maybe a creative needs to learn how to tap into more of their right brain? So I I would say it's both, right? To me, you know, just like so many things, it's it's a mix of art and science. Um, and, And my team... At Iron Man um, and the people that I look to around the industry for help from it, it's it is so much art and science, right? And look, the traditional BI right brainer um, is sitting in their seat listening to this, likely not, right? But the, if they are, <laughs> they're 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 going, oh, you guys are bastardizing BI. It's really these specific, <laughs> ro- but but truly, if you're if you're going to expand what BI is and how it's applicable to, like you said, the, the agency and the you know the freelancer, yeah, it's very much art and science because you can take these data inputs and you can see some outputs. Um, but I think the other side of BI is KPIs, right? So Gabe, you just talked about a couple of things. You're in an interesting seat because you're the owner, Andrew, yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. So you have to think about the needs of the business and the goals of the business, but also you, you also talked about your own happiness there. 
which um, generally creatives are thinking about that stuff more because they're generally a little bit more um, empathic and a little bit more yep. emotionally intelligent, um, which is a very broad stereotype. But <laughs> I don't think people listening to this are going to be mad about that yeah. that statement, um, at least for the purposes of this. So I think you know, in the seat I sit in, um, I have the same things, but I'm not the owner of the business. I, I'm I'm somebody who has invested over 10 years of my life in it. I care about the people I work with and I care about the customer, like our athletes, and I care about the business result. For us, our KPIs are, you know, profitability, happy customers, growth, right? Um, and then, you know, on a personal level, KPIs are the same as yours, right? Happiness, um, creative fulfillment yeah. is another yep. one. So I have to, those inputs are different for you and for any creative who is master of their own domain, both professionally and personally, you got to think about what are, what are your goals, right? And so you can have all the data in the world, but you've got to think about what it is you're mining that data to produce a result for so that you can use some instinct and some art to kind of figure out what you do to action those things. Yeah. And I think that that's an important point too. I mean, for me, you know, I'm a creative sitting in a very right brain job now. Yeah. And I get some creativity, right? I can analyze stuff. Um, there's creativity in managing my team. They're all different personalities. But I get more of my true design uh, creative artistic kicks outside of the office now. And I use a lot more of my right brain creativity in the office because those are the KPIs that, that I have to serve there. You said something at the beginning um, of this conversation. You said in business intelligence, there's no expert, right? Or if there are, there are very few. I think when you say that, and this is a little maybe reductionistic, but there it has to be some sort of art involved in the process. If there's no expert and people are uh, kind of bringing their own personality to it and their own problem solving and their own method uh, and approach to it, then there has to be uh, some sort of way that it's more, uh, you know, creative. And, and that I think that's true. I mean, I, I'm saying that a little bit hyperbolic, but I, <laughs> but I, I, what I mean by that is that I'm very much a student of it, and you're by nature business intelligence is learning, right? You're constantly analyzing stuff, and I think generally the smartest people in the room are the ones that know that they know the least, right? <laughs> it's like the, the more, the more you learn, the less, you know, sure. And and you're better for it. So I think, I think the point I'm making there is that some of the people that I've seen in, at least in business intelligence roles in and outside of sports that I've really learned a lot from or taken from, you know, I'd consider them experts and I don't, don't put myself on the same, <laughs> the same <laughs> level by any means, but I do think I have enough expertise to offer to somebody who's new to that space or who can apply some BI thinking uh, for lack of a better term. So let's get a little practical, right? So if a freelancer, solopreneur, uh, you know, agency owner is, is uh, listening and they say, okay, great. Um, I want to make business intelligence a part of my work or business or, you know, whatever. Um, how do they do this? Like, what are some things that they could do today or tomorrow to get started? Well, I think it's going to vary on what your, you know, what your main vocation is, Right. Um, but I would say, you know, at least in the seat I sit in right now, let's just take process because I think that's one of the easiest ones. It is kind of as I was saying before, I would, you know, I'd think about creatives are usually making money based on billable hours. Yep. So if you have not analyzed how you're spending your time, how you've, you know, how you've been efficient uh, or you've not been efficient and the dollars tied to those hours, then that is a really easy, obvious starting point to me. If you're trying to, you know, trying to do outreach and you're trying to do a lot of prospecting, which is a big piece of my my job and the, the people that work for me, you know, it's thinking about what's my service, who do I serve? Let's break those up into actual, you know, option sets or, or data points uh-huh. or, you know, a, a hard list of finite categories and where have I performed the best? You know, if 
if the question is, hey, I'm getting plenty of work, but I'm not enjoying all of it, we'll figure out what the stuff is that you like and break those into categories. And it sounds really layman's and it sounds really simple, but there's a lot of things that seem simple, seems like somebody should have noticed, or maybe you expect everybody's thinking about, but oftentimes, and I've had this happen with people that work for me, they'll pull me aside after a meeting and go, you know, did anybody notice this one thing? And there was all these executives in the room. It was like, this person had been working with me for six months. He's fresh out of college. Noticed the one thing that was really obvious. Nobody <laughs> said because yeah. everybody just assumes that you're doing the basics and sometimes you're not. And so I think those are some just really easy basics to be thinking about, you know, um, breaking your time up into efficiency. Um, that's the wrong way to say that, but but how you're spending your time to be efficient and what you're trying to produce with those efficiencies. Is it happiness? Is it uh, more money? Is it, you know, uh, you're just trying to turn out more work? So I think those are some really easy basics. Yeah, that kind of reminds me, you know, of our process. While we are predominantly, or at least we try to be, you know, a value-based sort of, you know, service, if you will, um, we still track time here just for the internal, uh, you know, measurement of data. And so we use a tool called Harvest. And so when you were describing that, it it really reminds me of why we track, you know, it's it's to have those inputs where, you know, on every project, we set the budget. If it's a, a kind of a rolling retainer, you know, we set a monthly budget. And then we put in everybody's costs, everybody's billable rates. And, you know, they download the app on, on their local machine and they track away. And we, you know, we set alerts like, hey, uh, we want to know when the project is at 30% utilization. We want to know when it's at 80% utilization. And each of those alerts uh, represent different milestones that represent different meetings that happen both internally and externally. Um, and that, you know, um, basically generate different actions. Because people think that, you know, getting results means that you have to focus all about results, you know. But it, the reality is you get results by focusing on the actions that bring about results. People are obsessed about output sometimes, and that's great. And that's sort of a micromanage kind of management style. But I, I like to focus on the input because that's the thing I can control, you know, um, in sales. And I think you and I have talked about this, Stefan, like, I think uh, Donald Miller says this, you know, the one thing you can control about your business is how many emails you send this week. <laughs> and I love that because, you know, especially to the solopreneur who's just overwhelmed with like, BI, what, what is this magical, whimsical stuff you talk about? It's these small inputs that, that lead to outputs. Mm, and I so like I think, you know, um, to the point you're making, the practical step paired with what uh, you just said, Stefan, is hey, use a, use a great tool like Harvest or maybe coupled with a project management tool. You know, we use Notion, but you could use Asana, Basecamp, Monday, Teamwork. There's a bunch of them out there. And that's a practical platform to track, uh, you know, the data points. And so then you look back and you go, yeah, these projects were profitable. These were a pain in the butt. These were really enjoyable, maybe not as profitable, but, you know, they fit on the Venn diagram of, of you know, ideal clients uh, that we want to take on. And so really it's just, leveraging the technology. And these are SaaS tools that are anywhere from free to, you know, $49.99 a month. Um, and I think that's a small price to pay to, you know, insert business intelligence into your venture, no matter the size. I think those those are great points, Gabe. I mean, those efficiencies are important. And I think to bring it back to one of the conversations we were having earlier, because I'm i thinking if I'm a creative listening to this, I'm going, you guys are getting really numbers heavy. Yeah. You're getting app heavy. You're getting, you know, <laughs> I think it's really important to note that you can have all the BI in the world but you still need to be a creative to know what to do with that, what to action sure. with it, right? And I think of, you know, some of the most creative people I work with that I, I learn from are not designers. They're not sitting in creative seats and they're they're analyzing constantly. And 
you still have to have that creative skill set, that creative instinct to recognize the things that are, you know, that are maybe driving some of those inputs. Yeah, a really good example to be a little bit more tangible. Um, so Doug O'Donnell is somebody that's on the Ironman team. Um, formerly, he was at the Spurs. He ran their digital team there. Um, spent time at Weber Shanwick. Um, but he's a guy who oversees our digital. He's our VP of digital in Ironman. And he's not a designer by any means. Um, he would tell you that. However, he's the person that's that's driving our digital strategy in a lot of cases. And, and to bring it to a really specific point, he's watching social media sentiment. He's watching social media rhythms. He's watching social media um, you know, trends and what's performing well. And so he can see when something's doing well because the metrics show you it's doing well. But he he can also, and this takes a creative person generally to say, well, why? Like, how is somebody yeah. interpreting this? Is it it's good design, you know? And and again, you guys are from the agency space. You can appreciate people that don't understand why design's important, <laughs> you know? Yep. He, he does, right? So he is somebody who's not designing. He's not driving design. He's influencing design yeah. because he can recognize it, but. He's he is a creative in an analytical role, and he's applying BI to what he's doing. And he's a good example of somebody who he doesn't even sit in a BI seat. But I've learned so much from him, and I apply it to what we do in our BI job all the time. And I think for the purposes of we're saying BI, but really we're just saying analytical practices, you know, in the creative space, which I think is really really important. And if you if you get really specific, BI is driving your new business efforts. Yeah. Like that's. That's a really important piece too, as we think about that. If you get to the agency level, or even if you're just a solo, you know, solopreneur, as you guys are saying, a, a true BI strategy or a true, you know, analysis and output and KPI strategy, there really is going to help you narrow in on focusing your efforts and, and getting new business. Hopefully, yeah. And I appreciate that you brought it full circle. And, and you know, Anthony, to your commentary, let me even just amend my statement. What what I was trying to say earlier about the left to right brain transition is it's actually more, you know for someone who's maybe been a left brain person their entire lives, I think you just need to like cross the bridge, check out, you know, the, the other town, the right, right brain town and, and learn that world. But the reality is I think for most people, the left brain nature comes with you. And so that's really more what I mean. It, it's not a binary switch. Mm. And so it's perfectly, you know, to Stefan's point that um, when I had to, when I was confronted with a lot of right brain decision-making yeah, innately, and, and maybe even unbeknownst to me, that left brain creativity and the innovation came with and served a lot of those functions where I didn't really have to do a lot of like, you know, studying or reading on, I, didn't, I don't have an MBA, this and that. It's just basic problem solving. And the creativity side of things brings efficiency to it because the textbook way might take a lot longer. And you don't have those luxuries sometimes as a freelancer, you know, or the budget or the, the timeline or the resource, whatever. So I, I think that's really sort of like the the culmination is for the creatives out there who are incredibly talented at making things beautiful. It's really a just it's a it's a challenge to practice to practice the 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 art of right brain thinking to you know go deep on even just an article you know don't don't <laughs> I'm not asking you to commit to a book but just maybe an article about business intelligence and steeping yourself in what that even means because the purpose is not to, you know, make your business more boring or more lame. The purpose is actually to add a a sharper tool to your tool set that when you are being considered amongst other freelancers that you stick out because the client is is saying to themselves, man, the process is so uh, clear. It's so observable that, you know, this, this is head and shoulders above some of the other quotes or estimates where I just got, you know, 
the equivalent of like a, a plumber's handwritten receipt, you know, and this guy or gal uh, is showing me the how, the why, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the data points that they've gathered about me and my business to then present me this proposal and it's thoughtful and that's the stuff that wins the day. I, I think that it, there's a couple things you noted there. You know, one is just because there are some kind of basic fundamentals everybody should be doing doesn't mean you are boring or doing the same thing as everybody else. Yep. And I, I think that is a good point. I mean, if I think of how, you know, we met, right? Uh, we did a little BI. Mm-hmm. Iron Man is based in Tampa. We're headquartered here. And I mean, Gabe, we've known each other for what, almost six, seven years probably? Yeah, a good bit. Um, and the reason we met was because I was doing some outreach locally just looking at some of the agencies in the area saying, hey, we need to remind people that Iron Man's here and you know, here's our demographic, here's our audience. And if you're a, an agency locally you know, and your clients want to talk to somebody like this or want to reach an audience like this or get involved with a brand that has these attributes, we're here. We want to remind you guys that we're here. So I didn't come to Brave because I ran a big analysis on you guys. I found you when doing a basic analysis of agencies, but I loved your work, right? Mm. So that has nothing to do with BI. It was because your work really spoke to me. You guys had a really cool aesthetic. So you guys made my list. And then when I actually showed up and met you guys, it was so much your personality. It was your vibe. It was the way you guys were, you know, a lot of times, and I, we've been pitched by a lot of agencies, um, you know, all good, reputable agencies when we have, some just don't get it. Some are, you know, some sure. feel like a Saturday Night Live sketch because they just <laughs> aren't reading the room and they're just so into the agency okay. thing, right? And I think, you know, for you guys, that wasn't the case. And there was so much of you, but the other, you know, the rest of your team. And, and even now, you know, that's true of the iteration of Brave that you guys are in now. Yep. Um, you know, so I think that that's really important to note that it's, that I'm saying, and I think you're saying, there's some really good basic fundamentals that you can just help get your game cleaner, yep. do the fundamentals well, and then all the creative, you know, intuitive, um, you know, nuanced artistic things you do, those get applied over top and you just do them better. Um, because ultimately, you know, we say this all the time, time kills deals. Yep. So if you don't have a good process and you're getting gunked up, you can't get stuff across the line. You might not even get to do that work or exactly. pick up that project. Or the client's going to lose steam and lose excitement about the thing you're working on. So I think that's all really important to note. Um, and, and, you know, I think fast forward because one of the reasons we've stayed in touch is, you know, I think you and I are really similar in a lot of ways. And we almost, you know, I think sometimes look at like the mirror image and you're like, man, Gabe's almost who I would have been had I not done this route, right? <laughs> sure. And vice versa. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, if I had done the corporate route, you know, yeah. If I was born um, with a better head of hair, yeah, I'd, I'd be you. You know, oh by all means, we it's both really you know. I know you guys handsome. can't see this, but I mean, it is yes. it's a thing. Uh, of you, you, you're wishing you could, yeah, no. Uh, but I think, I think um, that th- you know, there's there's a, a piece of that as we stayed in touch. A lot of it was we were able to offer each other something that we weren't getting from the seat we're in, right? Yep. So you're saying, hey, I'm sitting on the agency side this whole time. You're sitting at a brand, and you've been there a while, and you're seeing agencies pitch you. Talk to me a little bit about that, just exactly. as we've you know yeah. as we stayed in touch and friend and consultative kind of kind of role, and then vice versa for me, sitting in a seat, going like, well, how do you guys approach this when you're going out to pitch, or what is the creative stuff that you guys are doing? Because one of the really nice, refreshing things about my relationship with you and with Brave and with Anthony and and the group is just. We are corporate, you know, we're not as corporate as some companies, but sure. I sit on a corporate team. You guys are creative. You're doing a lot of the fundamental business intelligence things a lot better than a lot of the other agencies that I know um, or have been around, especially at your scale. Um, but but you guys have that creative piece that is part of the essence of the agency, that sure. is the people, right? That has nothing to do with systems or process. It's very much about philosophy. Mm. It's about instinct. It's about taste, you know? Sure. 
Um, and I think that those things are all really, really important too. Well, I am really thankful that you were able to, uh, you know, join us on our podcast and make time for this. I think, you know, business intelligence is, I think we already said it, very lofty and um, it's a confusing word maybe or an idea like uh, business intelligence. Okay, you need to be intelligent in your business. How do you do that? What does that even look like? But bringing in data, analyzing it, coming up with a plan, reviewing your process, I think that's uh, extremely helpful uh, in thinking about how, um, you know, somebody with a, by themselves or a medium-sized team or a large team, it's applicable to everyone. So, you know, Steph, thanks for, thanks for taking time and, and uh, kind of sharing your thoughts and experience with us. Yeah, happy to do, guys. Thanks for having me and uh, putting up with me. <laughs> awesome, man. We appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we did making it. Thanks for listening and joining in on our conversation. Brave Talks is an extension of Brave View, an online learning platform for creative professionals. For more resources on the business of creativity, head over to brave.university. There you'll find articles, downloads, and courses to help you unlock better work through better process. If you like our podcast, it'd mean a lot to us if you gave us a quick rating and a review on whichever podcasting app you use. And finally, be sure to subscribe so you are notified as soon as the next episode is released.